Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I don't know if a previous recording that I made yesterday will make it online or not, and so I'm going to say something here that if it does in fact make it um, online, then it will be redundant, but I just wanted to acknowledge it um, in case I don't make that public, is we have um, surpassed 3,000 downloads now in the podcast, and and I'm so excited that the word continues to go out. We have daily listeners in France. So if that's you, (laughs) thank you for listening. Uh, Reach out to us if you would. Whether you live in France or whether you live five miles from my house, send us an email at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Direct your friends to pathtozion.com, which is just a mere launching point to get to all of these episodes. And again, I will just, I will ask that you help us promote the broadcast. I feel like it, it is a message that people have got to hear. Um, I feel like there is a call for anyone who would send out what the Spirit is saying to the churches into the church. I, I just, I am convinced more than ever, and I've been convinced of this for a very long time. I believe the church at large is just sleeping. I believe she's sleeping. And, you know, let's just talk about that for a mere moment before I get to the content for today. You know, it just, even when we're sleeping in the natural, until someone comes and shakes you and rouses you, man, you're not going to wake up. And here's the thing, right? Even in the natural principle that is sleeping, different people have different sleep patterns. There are people like me who will most likely be in the natural now I'm talking. It doesn't take a whole lot to wake me. Um, you know, after being a father for going on nine years, then I know (laughs) I sleep through a lot more than I ever used to. Um, but I've generally been a light sleeper and, and much activity or movement would generally wake me. And I have known people who can sleep through a tornado on the other end of their house. And, and it takes a great amount of shaking to wake them up again in the natural. And I just, as I think of that here for the last 40 seconds, I just really think that that is also the case in the spiritual. There are many people who will be easily roused to awaken in this season. I believe there is a, there is a call to be stirred and to wake up in some shaking. And there are others who, you know what, I don't want to use a strong word, but you know, it might take some violent shaking for many people within the church now. I'm not talking about the world. The entire church wants to just talk about the condition of the world and the fallen world and the depraved, evil people of the world. But you know what? Judgment's got to come to the house of God. Someone has got to come to the house of God and say, you know what? You better wake up. You better fill your lamps. You better trim those wicks. And you better, you better rub the sleep out of your eyes, friends, because the, the bridegroom's coming. He's coming. 
listen, if, if, you, if you don't listen to this broadcast with regularity, um, I don't know where to direct you, but there was a message probably five or six weeks ago, maybe more now, where I very emotionally described this, this feeling I have in my soul to, to look around and call people to, to awaken and to come out, to go out to meet the bridegroom. And, I, and the, the visual, if you've not heard it, was I have prepared my lamp. I've trimmed my wick. I am looking for the bridegroom. I am, I am anticipating his, his return. I am. like I, I position my life and the life of our household to think as spiritual men anticipating the coming bridegroom. We're told to always be watching and waiting, anticipating, and, and as we always allude to here, I mean, the very first followers of Yeshua believed he was coming at any moment. And so, if they believed that then, 2,000 years ago, they believed that he could come at any moment. Friends, we had better be careful that we ourselves have not been lulled to sleep and have become the slumbering church that we're told all throughout the scriptures, especially prophesied church ages that I believe are now here. We've forgotten our first love. We have fallen asleep. We've neglected the temple. It's in disrepair. Idol worship is in the house of the Lord and it is defiled. And guess what? The temple, the house of the Lord, is its flesh and blood, people. It's you. <laughs> it's me. We have got to get our houses in order. And so I would like to say, like metaphorically speaking, there is a shaking that I believe is, is kind of in, uh, I don't know, it's in, it's in very... It's in very small measure. But what's interesting to me is the panic that is already ensuing at a mere minor tremor. <laughs> um, and I believe we have to be careful. Again, here we are, the, the church of the extremes. We have to be careful that we are not the, the ones who say, you know what, well, God's got it, whatever. God's got it. I'm not afraid. And then we quote a Bible verse or two. And we kind of have wishful thinking and hope for the best. And then we also have to be careful we don't turn into freakout mode. Who stockpiles weapons and food and 35 backpacks in my basement. Pull the shutters, lock the doors, and watch Fox News or CNN until the worst passes. We've got to find a medium ground. We've got to find an area of maturity as spiritual men, as mature sons, who are prepared. Yes, we've had those discussions in our house, specifically the last 24 hours. Because I'm seeing the advancement of fear. Whoa, man, is it escalating. It is through the roof. And I'm telling you, I'm going to make this crystal clear. You need to know what the Spirit is saying. Don't go on what I'm saying. Don't go on, surely don't go on what the president is saying, 
or all of the news commentators as they gather natural perspective information and feed it to you like a buffet. Friends, we've got to be a spiritual people. Communing with the Father. Sharpening our skills of discernment. We have got to be a people who are in practiced maturity of filtering everything we see, hear, feel through the discernment of the Holy Spirit that now indwells those who are in Messiah. It is of absolute necessity. So let's talk about that for a couple minutes. And I don't want to do that. You know, like, I would much rather start the teaching that I've been working on for three weeks. I would much rather do that. But you know what? I believe people need to hear someone say, you know what? I'm not being moved. I'm not shaken. I'm not afraid. Nor am I just negligent and shrugging my shoulders and say, ah, it doesn't matter. I serve a big God. Well, yes and amen, I absolutely do. But, man, we've got to be careful that whatever we place ourselves within is unshakable. Because anything that can be shaken, we know it's told, hey, guess what? It will be. If, it's, if it can be moved, if it can be shaken, it absolutely will be. And I think we are in measure now, in measure in a time and an age where that is proving true in greater measure. Um, We're quickly seeing where people's hope and faith and trust lie. Very quickly. Um, Friends, we will be revealed. We will be exposed. Right? I mean, the pattern of humanity is when we are at ease... When we are in comforts, when we are, you know what, we're just, we're living it up. Lavish Christian American living does not demand a dependence upon the Creator. It just doesn't. We have to face that reality. The, The get whatever you want, whenever you want it, in whatever increment you desire lifestyle that is very normal for this nation makes it extremely difficult to truly be a dependent follower of Messiah. Absolutely dependent for every, everything that, that you need to be sourced from the Father. It makes it very hard. Why? Well, because we are, we are who and what we practice doing. Right? I mean, that's just a pattern of humanity. We, we adapt. We are used to a certain environment. And as long as that environment remains set and predictable and reliable, why in the world would we be in a place of desperate need and dependence upon the Father? Now, we may be in measure. I know men who are very affluent, very successful, very comfortable, who I believe are dependent upon the Father. And like everything they have is a gift and they know that and they walk in that and they don't put their entire lives into it. I'm not saying it's impossible, but what I'm saying is I believe wholeheartedly that until 
what we have is shaken and at the very least threatened to be changed or absolutely removed or even incrementally taken out of our lives, only then do we really know where our hope and our trust lies, right? I shared on this uh, topic a couple weeks back with my business when I had one client that provided probably 70% of my household income on a weekly basis. Easy. For me, big money. Confidence. Didn't even give it a thought. I, because we have scaled back our lifestyle since we've moved here four years ago, we live in very limited means, on purpose. We just don't require much, monetarily speaking. That was a goal that we set, and thank the Lord, we, we attained. And so, my business easily provided our needs. I didn't give it thought. I didn't give it concern. Yes, it's the Lord's. I commit it to Him. It's, God, this is yours. I've, I've owned this business for half of my life, but man, it's not mine. This isn't my identity. I do my part to do the work that you, the Father, provide. But it's been completely mindless and easy for a very long time. Well, as I shared again several weeks ago, most of my income disappeared in a one-week period. And so what I'm saying is, to, to make this point, Days that used to be what I would just call minimal, eh, days, not really sure I should have even gone out and worked. I just didn't, quote, make much money. Now with my big money days gone, the days that I could have just shrugged my shoulders and, and previously been like, oh, I don't even know if it was worth me going out. Now these days are very valuable. Now these days have what? The valuation of of that amount of money has changed and shifted. Well, why is that? Because my comfort, because my assurance, monetarily speaking, my predictable income changed. And all of a sudden, what was very small was elevated. And oh man, now, now this is a necessity. Same amount of money, same about of, amount of frequency, but a whole different valuation of the same dependence. Do you understand what I'm saying? I would say that that is absolutely what we're experiencing right now in the hearts of many men on the earth, primarily, again, to Christian America. We need to assess what we value. We need to assess, you know what? What do I really need? What do I need? What is something that you know what, it might be easier for me in the true shaking days ahead to, you know what, I'm going to start a trajectory of casting things off. I'm just going to start throwing stuff overboard. Why? To prepare. We can prepare all we want in the natural. Do whatever you feel called to do, that's fine. If, in fact, you have prayed and sought the Lord on it and you are absolutely sure you're not responding out of fear and natural perception. But you know what? Here's the thing. If we really, because I believe this is at the heart of many believers, 
They want to be a people of faith. They want to be a people of true faith that really does believe, they really do believe that God will be their provision. I think a lot of Christians, even just mainstream Broadway Christianity, I think that they at least have the the desire to be found trusting in God. But again, I think that there is a there is a there is some tweak that needs to be made where we have to we have to do something with that. We have to do something in our hearts to prepare our hearts to truly, I mean for real, be unwavering, unmoved. I don't know if I shared about it on here, but a couple days ago, our whiteboard teaching for our home was the scripture talking about a double-minded man who is unstable in all his ways. He's wavering. He's inconsistent. He, he is on and off. I mean, the, the words, when you do the word study, it's, it's, it's very good visually to understand that double-minded man. He has variable rates of speed. He moves left, he moves right, he goes up, he goes down, he sits and he stops for a while, and then he goes again. Vacillating is one of the words that really struck me. It's just ever-changing, all over the place. Unstable. And friends, right now, man, I'm telling you, the church is beginning to experience what I would call as a very minor sifting. That, that for many, my prayer is it will, it will force them to do some inward examination and say, you know what? I'm just a little afraid. <laughs> or I am overwhelmingly frightened. And you know what? Here's the thing, right? Here's what I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is saying right now. Literally, right now in this. You know what? You know who's going to endure? You know who's going to make it? You know who will actually be truly trusting in God, believing He's faithful and able to keep us? You know who's going to do it? I've, I submit this is what the Lord is saying. I submit this to you to consider if this is in fact what God Himself is saying to us right now in this hour. I would say with confidence, those who will be truly fueled by faith, excuse me, <clears throat> fueled by faith, absolute unwavering trust, single-minded now, not one foot in the world and not one foot in the kingdom of God, which is what that scripture talks about, the vacillation. I think the ones who will endure and make it will be the ones who, when it is revealed that they are not trusting and they are not entirely putting their faith and hope into God, admit their weakness. The ones who admit their heart's condition. They repent and they say, oh God, I have forgotten what it's like. Or perhaps I've never even known what it truly is to be dependent upon you to the utmost. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm going to repeat that in a little bit different way. And if this is the Lord, may it be crystal clear to you in your heart and to mine as well to challenge me myself. This is what I've been doing. Lord, search me and know me because like, if my loyalty and my dependence is anywhere but you in my heart, 
that I may not even know yet, that I might not even know, God, when that comes, when the shaking comes to my household in whatever way it's going to make it to me, and I have that, that opportunity in my, in my understanding and in my heart, Lord, may, may I willingly look at it and repent and turn and offer it to you as a living sacrifice and thereby be redeemed and moved into a place of absolute trust in my perfect Father. I think that's going to be key. The ones who are willing to say, you know what? I'm not entirely trusting Him. I have been comfortable. I have been passive. I have been coasting through. And you know what? Maybe if necessary, I believe many people are going to have to say in honesty before the Father, you know what, God? I've been sleeping. I've been sleeping. I've been a double-minded man. I've had a foot in the world and I've had a foot in your kingdom. And you know what? I'm unstable in all my ways. And right now in this moment, I realize it and that's okay. Why is it okay? Because I bring it to you in repentance and in turning. And you know what? Guess what the promises of God are? His goodness leads men to repentance. Do you understand that? Trials, tribulations, and suffering is the goodness and the kindness of God. Oh, if only the world and absolutely the church would realize that the chastening and the correction and the shaking that the Father either institutes himself or at the very least allows to take place upon the earth, is for our good. Why? To lead us to repentance. As I taught on, I don't know, six weeks ago, the goodness of God does not lead us to God. Do we understand this? The goodness of God does not lead us straight up to God's throne. The goodness of God leads men to repentance, which leads us to God. We have got to get this simple yet profound truth. The whole purpose of God's redemptive plan was to reveal man's need and dependence and incapability of being who he is supposed to be, free from being empowered by the Spirit of God himself through the suffering servant, Messiah, Last Adam, it's his plan to reveal we need his strength. And so friends, in this season, don't just play, don't fake through whatever this season reveals for you. Don't fake it. Why? Because it is meant to shake what can be shaken in order for the perfect established people of God who are really for real trusting in him because it's actually necessary to go deeper into who he is and who we are because of him. It's part of his goodness. His judgment, even his judgment, people, man, I, I don't know why this is so overlooked. His judgment in righteous ways is part of his goodness. It's part of his goodness for our, it is for our good to lead us to repentance unto himself. It is for our good. 
So friends, do not fear. We could go through so many scriptures, and you know what? I already see people doing that. I hear people doing that, and that's well and good, and the, and the Word of God is eternal. It's alive. It's active. Yes, yes and amen, but I'm telling you, just because we say Bible verses, that will not alone give people comfort. It's got to be something of substance. Now, can it be that and yes and amen? The promises of God, the truths of God are something beyond anything we can merely just talk about, of course. But friends, the reality is, if you can be shaken, you will be shaken. (laughs) If your identity is not incrementally going deeper and deeper into the sun. You will be moved. You will. And listen, when you are, when I am, I'm convinced I will be. I don't find that as an alarming thing. You won't see me flexing my muscles with an I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me t-shirt and the biggest Bible in my house in my hand, pretending I don't have fears. Friends, don't do that. Let's, you know what the pattern of the people of God is? And then I have to bring this to a close. The pattern of the people of God who truly get his ear are the ones who cry out. The ones who cry out. They're in the dirt They're wearing sackcloth and they're saying, oh God, deliver your people. Deliver your people, be strong. In our weakness, be strong. We cry out to you. We worship you. We bring ourselves as living sacrifices. Oh God, we're nothing apart from you. Friends, that will be the pattern of the overcomer. I say that all the time on here. In the last, I don't know, 30 days, I'm telling you, I am more convinced that with every passing moment that physical prowess, natural weaponry, the strength of men, it is going to be completely invalidated in an age that is soon to come, if not is already upon us. All of these things and these natural preparations, I'm telling you, they're going to be put in their place before long. So friends, don't put your hope in that alone. Again, do what you feel called to do. If you have labored in prayer over natural preparations and the Father has said, do this, 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 and this, amen, do it. That's your responsibility, and that's fine. But I'm telling you, don't be surprised when your natural preparations fall to the wayside and don't do a whole lot of anything. I think we're entering a season of spiritual men victory. I'm telling you, I think think the spiritual realities... That, that mostly go just untapped, unseen, unnoticed. Why? Because we're so comfortable, we don't need them. We don't need to walk in that realm, we think, because everything is already controllable and manageable in our natural efforts. Well, I'm telling you, the lid's coming off soon. I think the lid's coming off of that. And I think we're going to have to sit down and make a hard look, take a hard look at our innermost places, the scriptural cardia of a man, the real me now, the eternal me. And I'm going to have to say, you know what? I'm seeing some deficiencies in here. I'm seeing some instability. And again, 
May this be clear. Only when we acknowledge that in repentance unto the Father will, will the scriptures like, when I am weak, he will be strong. You know what? He comes in and he does what he can do because he sees a man who is truly dependent upon him and insufficient in himself. Listen to what I'm going to say and then I'm going to make this, this uh, closed here. Please listen. Like if, if you're zoned out, please come back in. Friend, your abilities will be deemed insufficient. Your preparations may be deemed insufficient. Look at the pattern of God's people throughout all of history. The people who were victorious, the people who were delivered, the people who were spared, the people who were even martyred and were, were, were killed for their beliefs. There came a point where their natural preparations, their natural ability, their natural strengths were absolutely deemed insufficient. And you know what? We're outnumbered 10 million to two. But you know what? It's not about that. I believe the Spirit is crying out saying, it is time for spiritual men to wield spiritual weaponry. on earth as it is in heaven. These will be overcomers. And overcomers doesn't mean you win good guy, bad guy. We've got to understand our thinking. Overcomers isn't winning the game of life. (laughs) Being the stronger, killing the bad guy. Or winning in the spiritual battle here on the earth. That's not victory according to the biblical pattern. We have to raise our standard, raise our discernment, and raise our vision to see what in fact we're even called to do as we war now and grapple with principalities and powers in the here and now on a natural earth as spiritual men. That is what Yeshua did, you know. Dead man? I don't care. He's just asleep. Man, why are y'all so faithless? Why? Yeshua had a vision that superseded natural conditions and natural circumstances. His power had nothing to do with merely his physical body or his physical attributes or abilities. Zero. Why? Because he was a superhuman God-man? Absolutely not. No. Because his will was surrendered perfectly to the Father who held all things in his sovereign hand. And if something wanted done, he saw the Father do it and he did it. And therefore, everything he did was according to the spirit man. And he was perfectly victorious. And guess what? He who walks as he walks in the blood of the slain lamb and has the power of the word of the testimony... These will overcome the great adversary, period. We must know how we're walking and what we're walking according to and fueled by in this hour. So friends, cast off your comforts. Ask the Lord. Don't just be ridiculous and burn up everything you think you that has to go. Be proactive now. Do something in faith, yes and amen, but seek the heart of God and say, you know what? What can I do today to prepare for what is ahead for me 
and my children and my grandchildren and the generations, should they remain in this condition we are in presently, what can we do now to position and posture ourselves to be an overcoming spiritual man in the days to come? Friends, if you can be shaken, you will be. So let's examine it now and allow the Lord to purify our hearts and our intentions and our motives and every single thing that fuels us so that we go further and further into our absolute source, Yahweh God. He is enough. There's no doubt about that. There's no question about that. The only issue is how much of me is in Him? How much have I gone into Him? The holy hill, the holy mountain, the rock, stable, secure, eternal, unwavering, unmovable. We must ascend the holy hill and go in via Yeshua Messiah. Be prepared, friends, as a spiritual man first and foremost in this age and the age that is yet before us. Amen.